I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. We've got just a a big week and a fun week here in the world of golf. Coming off the heels of the Colonial, we've got the Memorial coming up. We've got uh, most of the world's best golfers in action. We've got just absolutely uh, riveting performances going on at the college level in the NCAAs. And and, and Kyle Porter, man, how... uh, how, how are are you balancing everything right now? We're gonna get, by the way, later in the show, we're gonna get into um, Matthew Wolf and a little bit more there. But man, this is uh, this is some heartbreak for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah, it's not good. I'm not in a good spot. Um, <laughs> Check out pistols firing, by the way. As always, I saw I saw you really poured your heart into it. I got out ahead of everything after the stroke play and said, "Look, like." We can crown a champ. You can crown them, but I already know who the best team is. And uh, sure enough, you know, match play strikes you. And yeah, we can talk NCAAs in a little bit um, because that was. I, I've got some. I've got some takes on the NCAAs, and I think maybe maybe unexpected takes. Uh, maybe maybe people don't expect the takes that I'm bringing. But yeah, Colonial was interesting. You know, um, Kevin Na wins. Here's what I was thinking about with Colonial Chip. Uh, the thing I was saying about with Colonial is Kevin Na, and, and and this sort of was spillover from Kepka winning. And, and when Kepka won the PGA the week before, there it, just and I know we talked about this. There was such an opportunity for him to just eject, shoot a seventy nine, and just get out of there. Like you you have that right in front of you, and it's easy to hit the eject button. It's really hard to not hit it when everything's going against you. And Kevin Na had an opportunity on the back nine on Sunday. I know he was playing great, but Finau was within two. He's pu- he's playing a couple of hard holes, the 13th at Colonial, the par three. Had an opportunity to hit the eject button, and he went after it. And he went after a couple pins that were in tuck positions. He made a par, he made a birdie, and then he cruised home. And I think that is emblematic of what it takes to win on the PGA Tour. And it's it sounds simple and straightforward, but I think it's something that you're either born with or maybe you learn it over time. I think guys like Kevin Na have learned it over time. You have to go after it 
on Sunday late on the back nine and he did it and and he ended up winning because of it. So he and this conversation does stand right there in, in that wonderful confusing back and forth for like, does winning matter? How much should we value winning? What does it take to be a winner? Like, can you, can you win it on a Thursday or can you uh, lose it on a Thursday? What do you need to do is our Sunday rounds overvalued? Are they undervalued? There is, there is an imaginary line in the sand that you're describing in which you get the feel of what it takes uh, at the end of a championship to be able to go for it. So is the is the Kevin Na is Kevin Na being across that line in the sand mean that some of these other players who based on strokes gained, based on scoring average, are among the the very best in the entire PGA Tour, but they have not yet in their career figured out how to cross over that line? Are you talking about Tony Fino? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's my favorite conversation in golf, and and I know it's one we have all the time from a variety of angles. And I I just it's it's hard to like take a stance on it like across the board because different players are wired differently, and you don't know what's going on inside them, inside their heads. You know, I know like um, Paul Azinger always talks about what's in your heart. Like, you know, he says that he's like, what's going on in your heart? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe that's the answer sometimes, but is that always it? Like, maybe he just had a bad shot. And, uh, but look, here's the thing. I, like, I just, I want to see Tony Finau win something. Like it does, it does, winning does matter. I mean, it doesn't matter again. Like we could go, we, I could do this forever. It doesn't matter as much as we act like it does, but it, it does means something to go out and grab it late on a Sunday and he didn't do it. He hit a borderline shank on the 16th hole, Mm. you know? And so it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? And I know like it probably wouldn't have mattered because, because not closed and, and didn't make a bogey and birdied the last and whatever. But I don't know. I just, and I know, I know Finau shot a 68. He played good on Sunday, but late when it mattered, he didn't go grab it. And we, ha- we, we've seen that time and time again from him. The, uh, Justin Ray had the step. He's got like 21 or 22 top tens in the last couple of years, uh, which is by far the most without a win. Fleetwood's got 14 or something. So for both of those guys, it's like, you want to go see it uh, or you want to see them go get it late on a Sunday. From the experience of playing golf, do you feel, and, and you know, there've been <laughs> the stakes or have, no, have never been, or maybe they have for you. I've been uh, on the level of a professional golfer. And, you know, especially when you think as I've got the NCAAs in my head, I think that there is something to win uh, a tournament, or a match is hanging in the balance to be able to get aggressive, to choose that I'm going to go after this pin and then to be able to execute it in the game that is forever going to be, uh, you know, decided between as Jack Nicholas said this week at a press conference, uh, the five inches between your ears. Like I, I think that there is a value there. I think that there is something that as I am trying to, become less abstract and more concrete in my analysis of golf. I do think that there, it is worth being able to point to that, that's intangible 
um, that intangible advantage that you can create if you're able to get over. And, you know, whether it's not that it would be a lack of confidence, but it takes a supreme confidence in your own abilities with no insecurity uh, to be able to block everything out and play at a high level in those moments. Well, and I, I think people I think people's perception of pros is that they're, they just they're just robots like they just hit the same shots no matter what kind of pressure they're feeling or what, where in the tournament they are, what day it is. And that's just, I I just don't think that's true. And and I think that except for Brooks, (laughs) well, even hit like, yeah, well, except for Brooks, but even, even he acknowledged that like the drive on 16 at Beth page on sun or uh, 15 where he hit it three fifty up the right side and made par on the toughest hole on the course like how big that was to to kind of to turn the tide around, you know? Yeah. And it like you feel like he there's no way he didn't feel and think about that stuff. And so to mentally overcome that, that's a really really difficult thing. And here's the thing, Chip, like you don't it's not like you get a ton of it's not like you can practice that a ton. Like the only practice that you get at doing that is being in it, which how, how often do these guys, are, are they in it on a Sunday? It's pretty rare, right? Like a couple of times a year, maybe if you're really good. And so it, that's why I think that's why, um, you know, we talked about this last week with Johnny Miller. Like he, he said the ability to win multiple majors mentally is something that you're just born with. And and the reason he said that is because it's not like you, you can't like learn to do that over time. I mean, you, you kind of can, but you just don't get the reps. I think it takes to, to be able to mentally overcome the challenges that you face. And I know we're talking about majors versus like colonial with Kevin Na, but it's the same sort of application uh, for maybe a, a lesser player in Na than Kepka at a regular PGA tour event. Like you just, you don't get those reps. And if you do, then it takes a long time to get there. As we've seen with Na who didn't, you know, won once for like 10 years and now he's won twice in the last 13 months or uh, 11 months. So, yeah, I was going to say, for now, we've got three PGA Tour victories, two of them in uh, the last year or so. Statistically, he's negative. Like statistically, he's pretty average, right? Yeah, yeah. Like not, uh, not truly elite in many places. Uh, he earlier this year he had T ten at RBC Heritage, uh, good finish at the Match Play T. What's the QBE shootout? Uh, it's like a. It's like a. It's not an official event. <laughs> okay, so nothing nothing that fake, would... Fake yeah, news. I was going to say, he is not a player who is regularly in contention. And so that's where I also draw it back to Finau, a player who is in contention often. And that that's... I don't know. I, I don't know how to... Um, I find myself downgrading Tony Finau as we, as we start to, you know, play things forward and as we start to look at, you know, who's going to be contending at the U S open. That's something else we'll be getting into later this week. But as we start to, you know, think about where these guys stack up against each other, why, why am I, um, why am I continually frustrated with fee now? And is that unfair for it to influence my analysis? Uh, you're continuously frustrated because he like uh, Patrick Cantlay, Tommy Fleetwood, like even I mean it's it's the Fowler thing, right? Yeah, but Fowler at least won other tournaments. Yeah, but he's only won. I mean, Fowler's also been on tour for a lot longer than those guys. Okay, that's so, I, I, I I don't have a professional memory of the beginning of Fowler's professional career. 
I mean, he won early. Like he won like his, I don't know, t- tenth. I mean, he. I think he won in his rookie year. He beat he beat Rory and uh, who else was in that playoff? Somebody's hollering at their uh, at this podcast right now. Hey, Sean, what's the answer? It's uh, it might have been Lee Westwood. I don't know, but at, at Quell Hollow, he right. won the. I think it was eleven or twelve, whatever the tournament was called back then. But the the Wells Fargo. Um, by the way, how much money do you think Kevin Nas made in his career on the PGA Tour? I would say, um, let's go with $21 million. He has made, it was DA points, 2012, that Fowler beat. Uh, Kevin Nas has made uh, $30.1 million. That's strong. He's played in 25 tour events in 14 different seasons where where do you stand there's there is a conversation in in the golf ether that i haven't uh really ventured into i think that uh, our friend brendan porath and uh, the shotgun start i think must be on it because that's where i see some of the conversation starting what's is is there some fake news hollering about the career earnings list being something that matters oh yeah for sure i mean it, it's just, it's it's i mean the the old no laying up uh, trope was that like there's a tiger tax that everybody should pay. Like every every check that you earn, you should pay a tax to Tiger for increasing the purses. <laughs> and so the, the fact that like Charles Howe is for protection uh, for for protection on the industry and the sport. Yeah, seriously, Charles Howe is like 17th all time in earnings. Which I mean, look, I lo- nobody loves Charles Howe more than me, but come on. 17th best golfer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, one last thing on Colonial before we uh, move forward with stock up, stock down. And this this might as well be uh, a little bit of a, an analysis as well. The putting from Jordan Spieth had... Uh, we went stock down on Spieth last week and he putted out of his mind. Got a lot of hollers from listeners, which by the way, you can always holler at us at Kyle Porter CBS at Chip underscore Patterson. Um, what, what's the final grade on, uh, on Jordan Spieth and, and his performance at colonial? Uh, I mean, I'm doubling down. It's smoke and mirrors, dude. It is, <laughs> it is as, and I wrote this after, after colonial, it's, it's as like, he's carrying as many mirrors and as much smoke as the PGA tour will let him in his bag, uh, around these courses. Like he, he's not, he's not hitting the ball well. And you saw it on Sunday, like the putts don't fall and you shoot 73. Okay. Like that's how you're playing right now. And so look, is it good for him to see the T threes and the T sixes by his name? Sure. Like I I think mentally that's valuable. I think there is real value there, but get back at me when he starts hitting the ball good. Mm. And that's the thing, like going back to, and he talks about this, like 17 was his best year. It wasn't 15. 15 was his most fruitful year. 17 was his best year. He was number one, number one in the world from T to green. He was the best ball striker on the planet. And he's the 130th best this year or whatever. And every t- after every round, it's like, well, you know, I found the swing I was looking. I found the slot, the, you know, whatever I'm looking for. Found it. Got it. Okay. Well, can I see it? Like, can I see the results from it? And I'm not talking about making a 46-foot putt because whatever, that's unsustainable. I just want to see it from tee to green, and he hasn't he hasn't showed it yet. But he, here's the thing. We were talking about this in our group chat last week. 
if he finds it at all, like if he finds this, his, uh, you know, at Memorial this week, even like Pebble is so perfect for him because it's not long. He's going to be, he's going to win multiple U S opens. I think he's won there before, uh, you know, it, it, he is so intriguing going into the U S open. I don't think he's going to win based on how he's hitting it right now, but just show me like three rounds of swinging it well. And I'll think about picking you for the U S open. I, I will remember for a long time, your comment about walking with Kepka and Spieth on uh, <laughs> Saturday. Saturday, where if you closed your eyes, <laughs> the sound would make it seem like one guy was shooting uh, a 67 and the other guy was shooting a 79. Yeah, if that's what it was like. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's been all year for Spieth, right? I, I, following him at the Masters, you're like, this dude is like can't find the center of the club face. And look, he's he is smart enough and so, so good at scrambling and putting and chipping and whatever that he can – kind of fake his way around but you're not you're just not you're not gonna win like that stock up stock down plus what we think about the ncaa's coming up right after this did you know that while over 60 percent of americans dream of starting their own business less than 20 percent of them take the first step the reason building a business is tough taylor brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing to growing your business taylor brands isn't just another tool it's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. As always, we are uh, breaking down, sort of checking checking the stock of some of the, the game's best players. And as we are spinning this ahead, uh, we're looking towards the Memorial, which is one of the best fields and our official memorial preview will come up in the next show, which will include our picks to win sleepers and more. But, uh, but let's, we'll, we'll have no Brooks Kepka, no Dustin Johnson in the field, but we do have pretty much all the other heavy hitters. So let's start with Roy McIlroy, uh, stock up, stock down for the man who has nine top tens this season. And yet no one seems to like him as, uh, as a heavy hitter. Yeah, I'm I'm we'll do these as kind of kind of quick ones cuz we got a bunch of them, but I'm stock up on Rory at non-majors right now. He and it's been interesting, right? Like he and Brooks have have really contrasted each other because Brooks is like, you know, he's played well at some non-majors, but not a ton, and Rory's been lights out at non-majors. And then you turn to the majors and Brooks is T2 and wins. And Rory goes T21 and then the, the like, I don't know if what's beyond the back door, like the back shed door, the, the like to my office, like that's what he entered at Bethpage. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I just, at a regular PGA Tour event, there's nobody I have more confidence in right now. All right, Tiger Woods, um, since the, the missed cut, 
at the Masters. He hasn't been in action. Him playing here has to give a little bit of confidence. And though I think we said on a previous show, I I wondered if him playing was as much for the obligations of the things he was going to do this week with the press conferences. You know, the we're recording this here on Wednesday. He's doing the the round with Peyton Manning. He's given Nicholas the hug. They're sharing an intimate moment. Like it it feels like Big Cat for this particular tournament is a little bit still much on the victory parade. In terms of the golf, are you stock up, stock down? I'm I'm stuck down and and the reason he'll probably go out and win now, but the reason is I think in the same way, you know how guys will go out and like T two, T eight, T three and then win, mm-hmm. but then like right after they win, they don't do anything for a while. I sort of feel like that bigger picture with Cat right now. Like I feel like he was like like building, building, building. He wins not only a major, but the masters. And it's almost like and I don't know if he's doing, I don't think he's doing this on purpose, but you almost put it in neutral mentally. Right. And I sort of feel like that's where he's at. I mean, maybe not. I've had like two rounds of evidence for that, but I'm really interested to see what he does this week and, and at Pebble. Cause he's won at Memorial. He's won at Muirfield village five times. Yeah. Yeah. Five times. And he doesn't have to hit a lot of driver, right? Yeah. He he's, I mean, he last year he finishes like T 23, I think. And he had, I think, literally the worst putting uh, week of his career. Like, he lost, like, f- two strokes around. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I used the Tiger Woods high uh, floor analogy for Augusta. I feel like it is very, very uh, prescient here at Memorial. I am not going to yeah. pick Tiger Woods to win, but I do not think we get another missed cut. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, the defending champion at the Memorial, stock up, stock down, or stock getting thrown like a club. <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite tweets of all time was from the Open last year when Bryson uh, distributed his clubs all over the driving range at uh, Carnoustie. Right, <laughs> and Porath said like a like a uh, distressed uh, artist throwing his paintbrushes all over the the art room. <laughs> it was like, it was so so good. Uh, do, can you tell me when Bryson's top last top ten was on the PGA Tour? I think it was at Memorial. Uh, no, that'd be bad. <laughs> he won in the fall, but uh, Sony. January. He hasn't Four been months. he hasn't been good. This the stock is decidedly down and not only is the stock down, I'm worried that the stock may be down for a long period of time. Yeah, I'm going the other way actually. I'm buying. And here's why. He I was looking at his numbers today. He's he's uh 25th in uh, from T to green. So it's not like and now part of that, it's hard because part of that is that he played well at the beginning of the season, like last fall, like October, November. And so that is maybe artificially inflating it a little bit, but he's had some bad putting weeks. Uh, I don't think that he, I don't think he's like the 50th best guy from T to green. I think he's at least the 25th best. And so I, I don't feel like he's, I don't feel like there's, I don't think he's going to go lower. You know, I, I think that I think that it, the the putting will rebound. And I think he'll have some good weeks. So I'll, I'll go stock up for Memorial. What about Justin Thomas? Uh, this one's hard. I th- I think I think up. You know, he hasn't had a top ten since Mexico. 
part of that is he hasn't played. He finishes he finished T twelve at Augusta. I don't know. Are we worried about him? Yes, I'm stocked down, but I I don't think I am. I'm looking at Justin Thomas with less permanence in terms of one. Like I, I do not believe, especially going into Memorial, that it's going to be easy to click back in and have it all rolling and to be able to have a leaderboard finish against a field like this that is going to be along the lines of what we would expect from a player who has been ranking among the best players in the world for the last two years, right? Yeah, well, you know the last guy to miss a major because of a wrist injury. Uh, who's that? Brooks Kepka, twenty seventeen. Oh, that's when he fell in love with golf again, right? Or twenty eighteen, <laughs> and then he won, and then he won three of five. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't try and tell me that Justin Thomas fell in love with golf again. <laughs> the, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He, no, no, no. The, the the baseball player who wasn't good enough to, at baseball that he had to play golf might have fallen in love with golf again. The the child like grew up on a golf course doesn't need to fall in love with golf again i could see i could see justin thomas at this point in his career he's got a major he's performed well he's got a couple wins i could see justin thomas not really um not really in a hurry to rush himself back and what i'm looking for out of justin thomas is probably a little bit more of like the 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 details like not necessarily his leaderboard finish but is does it look comfortable is the ball striking there is his proximity to green really really solid like that those things i think are the building blocks for uh working justin thomas back into the conversation as being one of the best players in the world yeah i do, okay do you think do you think jt will win a us open in his career yes yeah i do too I do too. Um, I think JT. I think the only. I think JT would be a candidate to become. Uh, like I guess by that time, I'll assume like the seventh, sixth, seventh, or eighth uh, career slam golfer, except for the Open. Yeah, he hasn't played well in the Open. He yeah. Uh, I I think I'll go stock up, just because I feel like. People haven't, I don't know. He's, he's kind of being, he's, he's kind of fine under the radar right now, honestly, which is weird to say about a tops. What is he? Sixth in the world? Fifth? I don't know. Uh, and I mean, maybe deservedly so cause he hasn't been around, but yeah, I'll, I'll go stock up at Memorial. I, I think he's going to come back strong. And, uh, our last for stock up, stock down brought to you by TD Ameritrade, Matt Kuchar, who, is number one in the FedEx Cup standings on May 29th, 2019, here, now. Matt Kuchar is number one in the FedEx Cup standings. Yeah, Andy Johnson, uh, the shotgun start, has a great thing where he wants he wants Kepka. I think this was Andy. I don't know. It might have been no lineup. I, I, you know, it all melds together, but... Somebody was talking about how they want Kepka to win all the majors, but Kuchar to win the FedEx Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so good. How about Kuchar at Muirfield Village, though? He's been, he, like, you go back, he has one finish outside the top 15 since 2010. He's at 10 top 15s here in his career. 10. Stupid. His his strokes gained. So Data Golf does a great deal where they do like historic strokes gained. 
at a, a specific tournament or a specific course. And he is, uh, he's number one, like, and they've only tracked it since 2010. So it's almost a decade's worth of data. He's number one. He gains almost three strokes per round on the field at, at Muirfield, which is a silly number. He's been unbelievable there. So I'm going stock up. I, he's having probably the best year of his career. Um, you know, if he doesn't win a major in the next year or two, and we've talked about how the open was probably his real chance. Uh, but if he doesn't win one in the next year or two, he's probably not going to win one. So, um, I think he's, I think he's getting his right now. And that was stock up, stock down brought to you by TD Ameritrade. And now we turn our attention to, uh, to the NCAAs where Matthew Wolf was, uh, the individual winner. And, you know, we talked about our, uh, you know, our, our, our golfers to watch heading into the weekend. Uh, let's see, Victor Hovland ended up, what, T8 or something like that, right? Hovland. Yeah. You want to, you want to do this on our, on our, on our, uh, memorial preview? Cause I got, we, we might go too long here. I got, I got too many takes. <laughs> I do have real quick. I do have a stat of the day for you, Chip. All you right, want my stat of the day? And let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll bump it. Yeah. Let's go stat of the day. Okay. Stat of the day. Uh, Charles Howell III is the all-time leader in rounds in the 60s at Oklahoma State. Do you know how many rounds in the 60s he shot in his four-year career at Oklahoma State? I'm going to need to know uh, some comparison for what our ra- like what our total rounds are going to be. Oh, those guys play between 30 and 40 rounds a year, I think. I think Wolf played 35 this year. So between 150 and 160 in a career? Yeah, so yeah, uh, more or less. I'm going to say Charles Howell the 3rd had 95 rounds in the 60s. <laughs> That's pretty high. Uh 42. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So 42 rounds in the 60s. All right. Matthew Wolf, who's been in Oklahoma State for two seasons, uh shot a 69 in the final round of the stroke play portion of the NCAA Championships. It was his 39th round in the 60s. Go, so go pro, go pro. He's now. gone. But if he stayed two more years, he would more or less double Charles Howe's four-year record of rounds in the 60s at Oklahoma State. Mm. That's unbelievable. It's so unbelievable. Good. Two years to almost match the school record of rounds in the 60s. He's the all-time scoring leader, single-season career. I, I mean, nobody, nobody at Oklahoma State has ever had more wins than him through two two years. The previous record was four. He had six this year alone. Are we talking? So, are we talking? I mean, all right, maybe maybe we'll say, save that for uh, save that for the next show. Yeah, let's save it. We'll, we'll talk about Wolf. We'll talk about match play. We'll talk about some USGA stuff, and then we'll do picks for Muirfield. You follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.